Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Drivers, start your engines! going on fa nation welcome back this is the fantasy alarm nascar dfs broadcast brought to you or streamed through rather uh the better sports network app i am dan malin you can follow me on twitter at real dan lanta and i'm joined by matt sells he is at the salesman on twitter matt we are coming back from a week off uh how was your time off uh i know you have a pretty loaded plate much more than me uh but how was father's day for you it was uh, it was good actually. I took my kids to a science museum. Really enjoyed it. Um, actually, didn't watch any of the U.S. Open, which I usually try to sneak in some on Father's Day, but I didn't watch any of it. I also didn't watch the F1 race on Father's Day either. It's kind of a weird like off week. I just kind of detached from everything, kind of focused on my other side of my job, the tech side and and whatnot for that. So mine was good. How was your off week? Uh, it was great. Um, you know, th- there are some years where when we get to that one week off and I'm just like craving a race, I didn't really have that last week. And I was actually, I was really invested in the U S open. Uh, I was really into it. I watched a lot of the coverage each day. I watched a little bit of the F one race, but F one has just gotten to a point where Red Bull are just so much better than the field that I can't get excited about it. They've won every single race this year. I'm ninety nine percent sure that's yep. true. I think for Stafford's won like six or seven. I think Perez has won two. Yeah, Perez uh, won two, and uh, Verstappen's still very pissed about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it's it's hardly any fun, and I can't even get into it for for DFS. Um, even last year, it was a struggle for me to get into it from the daily fantasy perspective. So, yeah, I watched it. I tuned in. Um, if it's ever on early in the morning, because I know they have a lot of uh, races in the Eastern Hemisphere or hemisphere on the globe. So I tune in the morning, but, like, it's 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 just not fun when Verstappen wins every race. Yeah, at least the coverage is nice, because, like, for the Spain GP, they didn't show him at all. <clears throat> and he won yeah. by 24 seconds, but they showed everybody else. Yeah. Um, Qualifying was bonkers for the Canadian GP. But anyway, let's turn our attention to uh, Nashville because we get yeah. Nash Vegas this week. Um, fun track? I'm still not sure what to make of it, to be honest. After two years, I'm still not sure what to make of it. I think it's, in general, a tough a track that's pretty difficult to pass at. Yeah. 
Um, just from what I've seen, I mean, even in the truck race tonight, it's, you know, if you get long stretched out green flag runs, it can be a little bit difficult to pass. Uh, drivers across all three series have pretty much commented that it's difficult to pass. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's nice because it's a track where we do have a lot of data to pull from, not necessarily as far as track history goes here, because this is only the third race for the cup series and only the second and the next gen car, but you know, we can look at other mile and a half triovals. We can consider Dover because that's a concrete track as well. Um, you even mentioned New Hampshire before the podcast. So it's like, you know, we can, we know who should be good here. And based on practice, it looks like it's going to be the usual suspects with the Toyotas and, and Hendrick possibly contending here. Yeah, we are recording this on uh, Friday, fairly late Friday night. Uh, it's like 10 after 11 Eastern right now. Uh, we decided to do it after practice because we did get a split <clears throat> practice and qualifying for the Cup Series this week. So practice was Friday evening at like 630 Eastern. Um, qualifying is going to be like 1 Eastern Saturday afternoon. And then the race isn't until 7 Eastern on on Sunday night. So we're doing this after practice. We don't know where they're qualified yet. Um, if you're listening to this on Saturday or Sunday following qualifying, um, we don't know where they're qualified yet, but we decided to do it tonight because the track conditions for practice were way more similar to what we're going to see for the race in terms of temperature, in terms of time of day, in terms of sun angle, in terms of just generally everything like the, the rubber on the track is basically going to be about what it is now. And the one o'clock Eastern Saturday in Nashville in summer temps aren't going to do anything great for qualifying. So I, I'm not going to say we're going to ignore qualifying because obviously <clears throat> if guys are qualifying on the pole and it's tough to pass here. We have to pay attention to that, but it doesn't matter to me quite as much this week, given the, the differing. Because if your car is set up for qualifying, right, to go nab a pole at a track where it's hard to pass. But then it's, let's say, 15 degrees cooler when you actually race the following day. Your yeah. setup isn't going to work as well. And so you could see some guys dropping back in the pack. We, do, we tend to see this with night races, is that the, the field tends to kind of zigzag a little bit, yo-yo, if you will, um, because the guys who weren't set up well tend to drop back a little early until they catch up with the track. Now, this is a unique track in itself. You know, it's, it's going to be the intermediate package. Um, and so, you know, like we, we've said, it's a tribal one and one-third mile. Uh, very unique. Uh, it's going to be 400 miles. So, obviously, we're going to have plenty of laps led to consider. Um, is this going to be – would you be willing to look at three dominators for this race? Are you looking at more so two dominators and then trying to find PD at a track where it could be pretty difficult to pass? Yeah, I think I'm looking more at two dominators to, to be honest. Um, if we go back to last year's race, we saw Chase Elliott win it uh, starting fourth. We did see some guys move up, right? Austin Cindric started 24th, finished seventh. We saw Kurt Busch start 19th and move to second, but there was strategy involved in that. Um, but in terms of laps led, if we if we sort it from most to least, we've got 
Denny Hamlin at 114, Truex at 82, Kyle Busch at 54, and Chase Elliott at 42. So you got three guys over 50. That's not bad. But to really get chunks, you still only got two guys. Even with some guys, you know, like <clears throat> Truex started 10th, led 82 laps, and finished 22nd. So it wasn't a great end of the day. Denny Hamlin was on the pole, led 114 laps, finished 6th. So I would go for two dominators for most of my builds. If you want to get a little different, you could go for three, in my opinion. But I think we're banking mostly on two guys. Cool, cool. Um, the big elephant in the room is going to be the Fords. They looked awful in practice, and as you were just saying, for the practice sessions, you know, the practice session is going to translate more, more to the race than qualifying. Um and if we're looking at the practice results, we're not seeing too many Fords running up front now. Chris Busher uh, and Michael McDowell have been two Fords that have kind of, have certainly exceeded expectations this year. RFK Racing in general is actually coming around. Um, Brad Kislowski and Busher were both top ten in uh, ten lap average, um, but it's still surprising that teams like Stuart Haas Racing who did announce Josh Berry will be in the number four this week. Good for him. He absolutely deserves it. He'll be in it next year. Sorry. Um, and even Team Penske. Are we ex- going to expect these teams to struggle again on Sunday night? Because a couple weeks ago for Charlotte, you know, in the cooler conditions, Penske and the Fords did look like they could contend. But are we really going to see drastically cool conditions that will help their arrow? Or is this going to be a race where they struggle all night? I don't think it's going to be drastically cool because you also have to keep in mind that race in Charlotte had weather come through, right? They didn't run it Sunday. They postponed it to Monday because it was rainy and cold and chilly and whatever. Um, that's We don't have that in the forecast uh, this weekend. I, I would not build lineups banking on Ford showing up simply because it's a night race at an intermediate track, and they did so at Charlotte. Would I sprinkle in, guys? Yeah, I don't think we can completely abandon the Fords. Uh, Ryan Blaney in 20-lap average looked pretty good at practice. Um, he was the only Ford in the top seven. There was three Toyotas, three Chevys. He was the only Ford in the top seven. If you go a couple more cars down to the top nine in 10-lap average, um, you've got Chris Busher pops in there. Denny Hamlin makes it in the top ten for Toyota. So, And then Kevin Harvick was like 11. So, again, are we going to want to see these guys start a little bit further back and then hope that they can find some long-run speed and make some passes and let the track come to them? Yeah, but on the other side, if you see Ryan Blaney go out and qualify seventh and people are poo-pooing him because he's in a Ford in an intermediate track, we'll make the leverage. Okay. Like – I don't think we can completely mark them off. Yes, they have struggled. But I'm still only looking at, like, the top. I only mentioned the top three or four Ford drivers, right? We're not we're not digging into, um, you know, a Michael McDowell or a Priest or... Priest is interesting because he won the previous two truck series races at Nashville. I mean, he is, but that 41 car has been, like... Yeah, I mean, I'm treating it other than a short track. He's been, eh. 
Yeah, I mean, he's like not great. You know, he was 13th at Sonoma, 13th at Charlotte, uh, 17th at Gateway. But I mean, he's also starting outside the top 20 and he's still managing to pilot the car inside the top 20. Yeah. But I mean, this is also like we've, we've seen the price tag steadily increase uh, for him. So we're not like, and he can still go out and hit 5X value, but at the same time, you know, this isn't the same reward. Yeah, I mean, he's targeting him under when he was in the 6K range. He's 7,100 this week. Yeah. Which is almost the highest he's been <clears throat> all year. So um, aside from like the duels at Daytona, which don't really count. I mean, he's on a nifty little run. He's had five straight races of top 17 finishes, four of those top 15s um, across a bunch of different tracks. So as nifty, again, I think you could get... the price tag, though, is just a little hard to swallow for him this week. Because mm-hmm. 5X at 7,100 is, what, 35 and a half points? So he's hit that one, two, three, four. I mean, he has hit it five straight races. Six or seven. But overall, you'd probably just want to dedicate maybe 400 more dollars to a guy like Chris Buescher, who in four of his last five races, and the one race where he didn't hit 43 points was the All-Star race, and you know no one's really enamored with that result so but like you know we're looking at busher who was fourth at sonoma 12th at gateway eighth at charlotte for the coke 600 and then he was top 10 at darlington and in those four points paying races he put up at least 43 points in each of them yeah i mean i think if you're comparing those two busher's a better play but i do think that this is where you get into an interesting discussion with you know multi-entry and you know you normally do like 20 lineups I think you can use Priest as a pivot at this point. I mean, granted, the speed wasn't great in practice. Like, clearly, if we're basing this off practice times, we're looking at pusher, right? Um, but if you want to get wonky and do, like, mid-tier pivots and you still want to keep, you know, forwards in your lineup because you think people will play him less, the Priest has hit – I mean, he's hit the 5X value mark at this price tag Five straight races, so it's hard to argue against that result. All right, after dedicating so much time to the mid-tier uh, and forwards, oddly enough, uh, do you want to dig into, you know, and without noting the starting order, do we just want to dive into some drivers that we should that we expect to contend for the win and lead a bunch of laps? Yeah, Liz, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, if you haven't seen the grill versus grill yet, first of all, check that out. Ed Rouse and I enjoyed doing those every week. Uh, we were going to do a futures bet, for the off week um but there was some some complications with with that i was a little under the weather and then the weather didn't cooperate um and then my grill didn't cooperate um but i do have a i do have a bet out on martin Truex jr as a top five at plus 110 at caesars um so the fact that you can get that at plus money after he after practice, especially because he won Sonoma, he was fifth at Gateway, he was third in the Coke 600, and he won Dover at the beginning of May. It's it's still stunning that you could even get that at plus money. Yeah, I'm checking. I'm checking right now and see. Yep, it's still now. I will say that I did take it at Caesars because that's basically the only place that bet is plus money. 
Okay. Like DK, it's minus 125, and BetMGM, it's minus 110. I mean, that's so, kind of the fun of, like, you know, shopping around for bets is finding the one that gives you the best value anyway. Right. And BetRiver, yeah. for those of you who want to play that, is also plus 110 right now on that top five bet for Truex. Um, you can, by the way, if you want to, which is insane to me, uh, Bet Rivers is offering a plus 105 for Kyle Larson top ten fin- or top five finish, which is interesting. Although he didn't exactly have the best practice and short run <laughs> speeds, um, and he's been kind of a hit or miss guy this year. To be honest, like he's either going to dominate or he's just not showing up. Like. He's showing up, okay, but, like, not to the level that you <laughs> need him to at his price tag every week, if that makes sense. I, and I think to that, it's not that it's a down year for Hendrick, but it's 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 almost a year where, because of the injuries to Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott, you know, the only two notable Hendrick drivers are William Byron and Kyle Larson. And right. Toy- the Toyotas with JGR and 23XI have just made up enough ground to surpass – Hendrick and you know as as awful of a start that to that JGR got off to in 2022 like 2023 they have been outstanding yeah they've been you can basically count on them to be somewhere consistently in the top 10 top five challenging for wins almost everywhere this year there's not really been a track that comes to mind that they completely whiffed on setup at right so um, you know, if you're if you're looking for some interesting bets, I do like Martin Truex this week. Um, they looked the Toyotas have looked good the last two races here. Um, at Nashville, uh, he could have won this race last year or finished second, I guess, if he hadn't followed his teammate down pit road. With like, remember this was the race where Kyle Busch and Truex yeah. had that terrible. Like and they finished, like, like, in the teens, got, right? Got trapped in, like, the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after doing quite – I mean, you just heard he lapped, like, 82 laps last year. Um, yeah, that was a weird – so they know the setup. They showed it at practice. They were pretty good. So – I think even if you're looking at, like, the comparable tracks, like, you know, because he won – Dover, and that's a concrete track, and he led 68 laps with 33 fastest laps. The next week in right. Kansas, led 79 laps. And then at Darlington, which isn't like a great comparison, but, you know, it's still it, – because it's high tire wear and it's an intermediate track, but he won the pole and led 145 laps but finished outside the top 30. And then, you know – Moved up 15 spots at Charlotte and had 24 fastest laps. Without leading a lap, which is even more impressive. Yeah. Um <clears throat> So, you know, he's been in Kansas as reasonable as a comp. I mean, if we're going to look at, like, intermediates that comp pretty well, I think Vegas is a reasonable one because it's so track position dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, he ran well there, too. Started 15th, finished 7th, led three laps, six fastest laps, pretty good. So he's been he's been pretty solid points basically all year now. Is this a huge jump in pricing for him? Yes, but was he way underpriced on a road course two weeks ago? Yeah. Absolutely. It's a $2,100 jump on DK because they completely missed the ball on giving you Martin Truex Jr. at 8800 bucks on a road course because apparently they forgot that this is where that guy wins. 
Um, it is the most expensive that Truex has been all year. Do I still think he can hit value? Yeah, I do. Based on – so given how underpriced Truex was at Sonoma and what we've seen from practice earlier today, do you think that Tyler Reddick might be that driver uh, who was severely underpriced heading into qualifying on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, I – yeah, I think that's going to wind up being a miss. <laughs> $9,100. The last time he was this cheap was 8800 at the Coke 600. All he did was go out and move up 10 spots, finish fifth, 37 fastest laps, 28 laps led. Um, He was pretty cheap at the All-Star race. Okay, whatnot. He put up a great day there. Um, You know, he... Every time he's like in this nine thousand dollar range is when he goes just ballistic for the for the scoring. As soon as you get him over ten grand, you don't want to play him this year. But if he's around nine thousand, that's where he's he's just flat out great. Um. So yeah, I have I. He was really good at practice on Friday night. <laughs> like, Ross Chastain. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're good. Like just. That that twenty three eleven squad is definitely moving in the right direction. Not to mention that, but I'm pretty sure he has Garth Brooks uh, on the side of his car this week. Tyler That's awesome. <laughs> That's in Nashville, so like, got to show out for that guy. Um, Ross Chastain probably looked to be the best Chevy in practice now, but we've also it feels like we've seen this charade from Chastain before. Um, and really, it he kind of looked like he had to. He was a little bit neutered heading into the the break. Um, didn't look like he was driving as aggressively. Had some really poor showings in DFS. Only, you know, he, he was tenth at Sonoma. But aside from that, you know, outside the top twenty at Charlotte and Gateway and and even Darlington. And I mean, Darlington, he still led ninety three laps, but. He just didn't look like the same Ross Chastain. Is this an opportunity for him to, I guess, re- I guess, find his mojo and and run up front again? Um, I mean, I mean, both Trackhouse cars uh, with Chastain and Daniel Suarez, they both look pretty fast in practice. I and mean, do, do we feel pretty good about this translating to the race on Sunday night? If not now, when? Like right. <clears throat> you've had a break, you've had time to reset, getting called out by Rick Hendrick, who, by the way, his cars haven't done squat since he called out uh, Chastain either. Um, You know, we've got to take a shot on Chastain. You can't avoid him for fear that he does what he's done the last few weeks, because if he doesn't, then you're, you've got no shot. Um, But I'm still not all the way in on Chastain. I still... Like, I will play him. He will likely be in the playbook, given that he was the fastest Chevy. He's had pretty good runs at intermediates this year. Um, But I'm not, like, full send like him at Martinsville last year. Like, I still need to see if that talking to has dialed him back too much. Um, I, I, I think his mojo comes from being the aggressive guy on the track. Mm-hmm. And if he's not aggressive, he doesn't know how to make the moves you need to make to do what he's been doing. 
Anybody you like in the mid range um, with a little about five and a half minutes to go? Um, man. I mean, we talked about Busher a lot, and you know, uh, Kislowski. Yeah, I still take a shot on Ty Gibbs at this point. Like, you want a good, reasonably quick Toyota who's been reasonably consistent? I take a shot on Gibbs. I like that he's running the Xfinity race on Saturday too. I mean, more track time at a track that's it's that's not a bad tough. thing at all. Yeah. Um, there's, I don't know, Almendinger could be a guy who's done a lot of winning lineups this week. I, I just think Colleague is starting to find something in those cars. Um, he looked good in practice. He's been kind of hit and miss, but on intermediates this year, he has pulled out some at least reasonably solid performances. Um, I don't know. The, the value tier is going to be really hard this week. Like, really hard. I think it's hard on us right now simply because, like, we just don't know where they're starting. But, right. I mean, I can – if I'm going into, like, the low 6K range, I'll definitely give Almondinger some consideration. I'd be very interested to see where Austin Dillon yep. starts. Um, I can't believe he's cheaper than Eric Jones. I I don't I don't understand that. what Jones has done to earn that right. Well, um, I Austin, guess my only my only thing with Austin Dillon is they priced him at seventy two hundred. He was fifty nine. He put up fifty nine points. Then they mispriced him at seven that they dropped his price again at seven thousand, and he put up negative five. So mm-hmm. then they're like, okay, well it's drop the price again, 6,100 because it's a road course and he's not exactly known as a road racer. He only put up 16 points. Now, was that a reasonably solid showing for Austin Dillon? Yes. Um, But I'm with you. I don't know what Eric Jones has done this year that he should be above Austin. Frankly, Eric Amarola shouldn't be ahead of him either. (laughs) Uh, if, I guess if we're dipping farther down the list, uh, those are usual go tos, right? <laughs> yeah, Park, it's like Todd, Todd Gilliland, still criminally underpriced at just a flat five k. I mean, is Gilliland in the in the thirty eight car again this week? I believe so. I'll I can't keep from... it straight. To be honest, I know that sounds bad, but like I, I can't keep it. Well, I mean, it's easy. Like when if he's in the thirty eight, he's in play. If he's not, then he's an easy pick. Right. I'm just saying, like in terms, yes, he's in the thirty eight. This week, according to the entry list. So, J.J. Yelly is in the 51. Um, so, yeah, he's in play. He's in the 38. That car's been fast. It's like the 51 truck in uh, the truck series. Doesn't really matter who the hell is in that truck. <laughs> it's going to move. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do we think about Gregson? Uh I mean, I'm probably not going to play him. It, it, I know, uh, like he had the, he wasn't able to run Sonoma, but even uh, his comments after Gateway when he was in that wreck, uh, that kid sounded so defeated. I get it's been a bad year for Legacy Motor Club. Yeah, and obviously you go from being in the nine car in the Xfinity Series for Junior Motorsports, and like you're used to winning and being in victory lane or at least contending. So I understand this is this is obviously been very challenging for him but he just sounded so defeated and like when as soon as he said i can't wait for this year to be over i'm just like dude you already sound like you're mailing in and and there are five months to go yeah he basically said we're gonna go to sonoma and then like 
end the season, right? I'm like, are you unaware that you're only halfway through? <laughs> Nobody give you the memo that the Cup Series is longer than the Xfinity season? Yeah, um, yeah I'm with you. He sounded I, – I was just, like, just curious what people are going to do with him the week after a concussion, like, I guess a couple of weeks after a concussion. But – that legacy motor team is like you. When Ty, know. when Todd Gillen is two hundred dollars cheaper and obviously putting out better results, I'm, I cannot give Gregson any consideration if I have to go this low for my DFS lineups. I mean, to be honest, I'm pretty sure Ty Dillon's been outscoring Noah Gregson. You, I'm right. Yeah, you're probably right. According to DK's list, Noah Gregson is averaging sixteen points per race, and Ty Dillon is averaging eighteen points per race. Nice. Uh, any thoughts on uh, contests that you're in favor of? I'm. It's going to be the same thing for me this week. It's the Chrome Horn. I love that contest. It's the four dollar twenty max. I love uh, the payout for it. I mean, it's it's only it's less than like ten percent to first place, but I love the balanced payout structure of it, and so it's it's going to be my go to once again this week. Yeah, I'm probably going more more GPP this week okay. than cash. It's still a fairly unpredictable track the fact that it's a night race we're going to get the starting grid set at like the hottest time of the day on a concrete track that's temperature dependent um not ideal right so who knows if the person on pole is capable of holding when the track is cool and has i guess theoretically for them if they can hold it in the in the heat of the day they should be able to hold it when it's cooler and more grippy. But we'll see because we don't know what the long runs, you know, long run setups on whoever's going to win the poll is. Um, so there's a little bit of unknowns there. So I'm, I'm more in favor of more GPPs this week. Yeah. Think I'm in agreement with you for this week, but uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, Matt, best of luck to you this week uh, for the Ally 400 from Nashville Super Speedway, and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.